Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Welcome back, Fem Fam. Thank you guys always for listening. Um, welcome to our new improved season eight. <laughs> new and improved. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we've changed a few things around. If you hadn't noticed already with our first episode, we're gonna do we're gonna bring you guys a little more content of just us, but we've still got some awesome, awesome guests this season. And if you want even more content, just another reminder, as always, check out our Patreon. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash femregard and uh today's guest (laughs) i'm super excited about her rep actually reached out to us which um is kind of exciting for me i don't know it makes me feel like we're pretty important that like people's people are reaching out to us (laughs) love that (laughs) right i mean it's fun just to have anyone reach out to us to say hey i want to come on the show you know because it shows us that people are listening to us that aren't just our friends and family that are, you know, going to automatically support us anyway. <laughs> so that's very Which we exciting. love you guys. Thank you for always. Yeah. Always I mean, we love there. all of you. <laughs> but yeah, no, we feel, we're feeling special. We're feeling important guys. Thank you. Thank you for giving us that, that thank you for giving us that. I'm like my words this morning, we're still bright and early. We have a long day of amazing guests to recording. Mm-hmm. This is just a glimpse into the life of the femme girls. Yes. <laughs> and- 8 a.m. recording sessions. I was up at 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> today's guest, uh, we have Nicole Simone, who is a musician, singer, songwriter, and a content creator. Um, We're going to talk to her today about her web series on a list, which is super funny, super heartfelt. Um, Basically, I think I'm going to change my dating strategy to follow this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's good. She's got a good idea there. I mean, I'm not going to say if it works out or not, like no spoilers, but I mean, it's it's worth a try. Yeah, she it's on on the YouTubes, as we like to say. It's on the YouTubes, it's on the Instagrams. Um, and you guys will get her handles and everything at the end of the episode, but we highly recommend checking it out as well as her music. She's gonna be releasing her, I wanna say it's her fifth EP, Oceania. Um, that'll be coming out soon too. And episodes are still dropping of the web series. So get in, you know, in the beginning, get it while it's hot. We're a big fan mm-hmm. of buying people who didn't get started the, the traditional way, maybe mm-hmm. going to film school. And like, we just thought it was such a cool gap that, it, you know, she's a musician and now she's, she's bridging her music with her content creation. And we were just super inspired to, 
to by her and and the new approaches that she's taking so i think you guys will really like this episode um and will hopefully leave inspired and and really test out things in ways you didn't think about before yeah mm, who knows Perfect. endless possibilities here <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado our first guest of the season nicole simone i'm a mess um Hey Geekscapists, with Valentine's Day around the corner, we've decided to hook you up. Geekscape has partnered with the video dating app Filter Off to bring you a free and fun video speed dating event on Saturday, February 13th. To take part, all you've got to do is download the Filter Off dating app to your smartphone. Find the Geekscape event in RSVP with the code GEEKSLOVE2. That's T-O-O, because we do love to. You don't have to wait until Valentine's to use the app either. It's fun and free, and Matt Kelly has already racked up a ton of dates on it. So, what have you got to lose? Download Filter Off, and we'll see you on February 13th. Geekscape forever. Okay, so welcome, first guest of the season, Nicole Simone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Nicole is joining us from snowy Toronto right now. So we're tuned in bright and early. It's 8 a.m. here in L.A. We're just starting early, getting shit done. <laughs> yes, queens. <laughs> hey, Nicole, how's been, the, how's been the creative workflow for you? Uh, it's been pretty great I'd say um just the last two years of my life have been really creative uh, and um got to do a lot so far during COVID that I don't think I would have done had COVID not happened Mm -hmm. we feel that for sure we've talked about that on the show it's been you know sure we've lost our day jobs but thankfully we've you know got the unemployment to help (laughs) but it's given us so much more time to do so many more creative things like work on this podcast work on other projects so yeah, we feel that. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there's always that silver lining that, you know, you can you can really, you know, the God, whatever you believe in, the world, the way the universe works, I think is always going to give you what you need. And we just need to like see where the silver linings are because it's easy to get caught up in like the negative aspects of what's happening. Yeah, there's always. a whole lot of negativity going on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've been just really creative and um, just being grateful that I, I have the ability to create stuff and that I have an audience to to watch the stuff that I do. Yeah. And speaking of what you've created, um, so we're excited to talk about On a List today, which is your web series. Is that, did you create that during COVID or was that done earlier? It was, it was created at the very beginning of COVID. <laughs> okay, nice. Nice. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about it. So I don't have a background in film and television. I've never acted before. So I was like, this is perfect. I'll do this. Um, (laughs) I uh, was dating an actor who kept saying, you should be in film and television. Like you should produce, you should just try. Because I've always been very interested in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of my friends are in film and television. I was like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. So, you know, he was like, well, why don't you produce, like help like produce an independent film and that he would be in it. Mm-hmm. And then I would produce it. And, um, and so we started down that road and that's when uh, we were having meetings with directors and stuff and nothing was really coming to fruition. Um, 
and at, this was right in like right when COVID happened, so like the middle of March. So those those first couple of weeks is when I started working on this idea, and um, we split up, and and it was fine. But then he just didn't want to do the project anymore, and so I was like, well, I've already put in all this work. I've come up with this idea for for on a list. Um, I'll just do it. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't out of like spite or anything I was just like Mm -hmm. why not and and I had a a a couple of friends who're just like just do it just do it see what happens so yeah um Mm -hmm. I started really putting things I started writing the scripts in June I cast my co-star the beginning of July and then we went to camera the end of August Nice. That's like, that's the attitude to have. That's what we always preach on this show too, is just do it, you know, whether or not you have the experience, just try it. Yeah. And it's funny because I I think my producer and director friends were so like, go do it. And my actor friends were like, you can't do that. You never act. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't can't just go out there and do that. It's COVID. It's not, it's not safe. It's not that. Um, So, I mean, obviously I had a phenomenally small crew, phenomenally small cast of of pretty Mm -hmm. people. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, put it together and it was something that, you know, it was originally going to be, um, a short film Then it was going to be, um, I can't remember what, what it calls, but just, you know, just shoot it and then to pitch it to somebody to see if they pick it up. And I thought, you know, I have so many followers on Instagram who follow my music and everything already. Mm-hmm. Why not just make it and, and put it on there? And that's what I've been doing. Um, and it was an amazing experience. Um, it was the most fun I had all year. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, cause the link that we watched was through YouTube, I believe, right, Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting it out on Instagram, talk to us a little bit about that process because you know, that's something we're kind of realizing too, is like all of these social media platforms can be used for a lot more than just connecting with people and, you know, posting your pictures, but they can be actually used to put out content as well. So yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. What I've found in the last year um, because of TikTok and the introduction of Reels um, and then IGTV before that on social mm-hmm. media is that it's basically creating a generation of filmmakers, whether they realize it or not. They're doing mm-hmm. these you know, TikToks where they're pretending to be different characters and they're editing back and forth. Um, so these platforms are very much now uh, video oriented um, and people go and they sit and they watch, you know, long form 60 second content. Um, but you know, I, I don't direct a lot of the traffic to, to my YouTube channel. The majority of the views I get are through uh, Instagram. So a lot of the episodes have about like 10 to 12,000 views at this point, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And it's not something that nice. I would have easily done through, uh, through YouTube or, or other platforms. Um, but you know, definitely that social aspect of, you know, having an audience. And I always tell people like, no matter what you do, you always, you, there's an audience out there for you. It may not mm-hmm. be the same audience that goes and watches uh, Timothy Chalamet films. Uh, and it may not be that size, but everyone who is consistent and puts out content that's authentic to them will find their audience and be yeah. on social media. Yeah. I love that. That's like very inspiring too. <laughs> like there's always true. an audience it, for you. It's yeah. true. And, and there's, <laughs> so much negativity around social media and it's really mm-hmm. one of the greatest human inventions ever made period mm-hmm. the, the, like can you imagine what life would have been like had we had social media during world war ii you know what i mean like it's it's just yeah. so 
it's, we take it for granted and then we get mad because um, they challenge our privacy rights and stuff like that. And I'm a big advocacy for um, data privacy, uh, but you know, that, that's a part of it. And I, I think that people are really negative about it. And those people are missing out on a, on a whole new narrative. And like I said, it's just a whole new generation of not even content creators, but I genuinely think filmmakers and, and mm-hmm. actors are being made because people want to bill me as an actor. And I don't feel comfortable with that because I've never acted in anything that I haven't written. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and second to that, I feel more of a creator because I'm producing, I'm writing, I'm co-directing and I'm starring. So that's, it's very different than somebody who is an actor who's gone to Lambda in London and is doing all this stuff. It's, it's a very different um, beast. Yeah. I think that's interesting too. Um, what you just said paired with what you said earlier about like your producer friends were like, oh, go do this. And your actor friends were like, no, you can't do this. You've never done it before. And it's just so funny how um, protective, I guess, we are as artists of that like title, quote unquote, you know, it's like, well, you've never acted in anything that you haven't made. So you're not really an actor because you haven't gone on auditions, which is bullshit. <laughs> you're still it's, acting. You're an actor. There's <laughs> a director that I was interviewing when I was still working with this other actor who the project, you know, that the project I was working on a project for it. And I had, mm-hmm. come, I had approached them with the idea of on a list. And he said, it's an okay idea, but I wouldn't feel comfortable somebody like you writing it because you've never written it before. And I was like, we're, we're all independent here. I mean, <laughs> as a, a union actor, but everyone else is independent here. And, and like, as Kamala Harris said, I eat no for breakfast and I'm very much of the mentality. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, so when he said that, I was like, who are you? Like you haven't, you know, I, I know people. Who Tessa episode here. title. I eat no for breakfast. Um, <laughs> insert in this. Cause that's so perfect. Yeah. And you have to. And then the additional thing that people don't understand, I turned mm-hmm. 36 in March. Um, shut the fuck up guys I don't know if you like okay when you tune into this by the way you and your co you guys are a hot couple hot (laughs) (laughs) capital h-o-t um you look great babe so keep it up but but entering the the film industry at 35 years old is it's intimidating it's intimidating and it's unheard of but I don't care like I just Mm. really don't care anymore because my background is music and I've been doing music since I was 12 and I've been told since I was 12 years old I was too old um (laughs) and (laughs) no preach preach that is so true as a woman you're told your whole life you're too old you're you're, you should have been doing something when you were six years old or or whatever Mm. I I had a I had a random well-known actor reach out to me on Instagram and he watched the show and he's like I thought you were going to be like some like boring Instagram influencers. Like I can act. He's like, you can really act, but he's like, you're 35 years old. And he, he said, like women are being aged out. It's like, you're not even. And I said, well, I'm not going to auditions. I'm doing my own content because that's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in, in going out and, uh, and auditioning for commercials and stuff. Cause it's just not what I do. Like I consider myself a creator, not mm-hmm. an actor. I think those are separate things. Although certainly I did act in the series I mean that's questionable because a lot of it (laughs) I think you should own that you're an actor in that way it's just you're I was actually talking about this with Tessa literally two nights ago like I've kind of come to terms that I just it auditioning doesn't fit my lifestyle like in what I'm trying to do and pursue it's and you can't help but feel like like because I am 
I've always been like an actor first. And when I've like gone through, like that's what I went to school for and everything. And that you carry this guilt that like, I, I, I Tessa just touched on it. It's like, if you're not auditioning, you're not an actor. And it's like, but I feel like I'm doing so much and I'm learning so much with production. And like, mm-hmm. when I get the opportunities to act, I'm doing that in my own way. So you know what? That's, that's just what I have to say about that. You don't, you still are, you're a creator and maybe you didn't, yeah, go through the traditional acting actor route, but you are, you are acting like, you, you're an actor. Yeah. <laughs> you have a content, you have peace there. But I get what you're saying. It's like kind of like still a new space for you. Like you're not, that's not what you would still title yourself. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've certainly studied a lot of actors and a big fan of the actor studio and I read bios and stuff like that. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, there's different types of actors, but I think it's all about just making the role my own. And I think it's very hard for my audience to understand that Olivia Farron on on a list is not me mm. um, <laughs> just like mm. the the amount of um hostility towards my co-star that my mm. fans have <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> and I keep saying like the paid actor he's a, a you know he studied um in acting in Link- in London he's you know West End theater actor <laughs> they don't mm-hmm. understand that but then I'm I think maybe I'm just doing my job in uh, making it seem authentic and real because mm-hmm. the way that the show was intentionally filmed was very much inspired by um, uh, a California director named uh, Drake Doremus. He's done the movies endings, beginnings, like crazy. And he does a lot of, um, lets the actors improv a little bit and um, almost like a voyeuristic in a way that, mm-hmm. that his films are shot. And so I, I was very specific about how, um, this would would come off because you really I really wanted people to feel like they were following this couple following and falling in love like at times it almost looks like too real like people really struggle with the what what was real and what was not real on the show yeah that's really interesting um I, I guess I haven't really thought about like people responding in that way but I'm wondering if it also has to do with the fact that you know, you had this presence already out there as a musician, you know, and then releasing it on a social media platform as opposed to like, you know, this is my movie, you guys. I mean, I'm sure you said, you know, this is the short film, whatever, whatever. But if it's just kind of that um, environment and the way that everyone had already perceived you of that kind of fed into it. Mm -hmm. I, I think so. And I think that there was a very natural chemistry between my co-star and I because we rehearsed a lot mm-hmm. um on zoom <laughs> yeah and we you know I I took all of my advice from my directors um because I just didn't want it to be awkward I didn't want the lines to be like so you're doing a list yes I'm doing a list like I, I wanted <laughs> there to be kind of um a natural feel to it so we got to know each other um I think we met we did a couple of Zoom rehearsals, but we just like walked around a gallery one day together just to kind of get used to each other's like body language and, and presence yeah. and stuff like that. And I think that's sometimes not taken into consideration. Um, they just kind of like know your lines and show up on set. But I, there, there was a lot of times where we would go through this, the set and he's, he would say like, well, British people actually wouldn't say that. We would say this. Mm. Or I would mm. very much get his, you know, his opinion. I'm like, what do you think about this? So it was very collaborative in a way. And I think that because we collaborated so much in the rehearsals and that his opinion did matter, 
on um, the contacts. I mean, obviously I had final say that by the time that we went to shoot, um, it was just, it was very easy and fun. Yeah. I mean, you feel that. Yeah. Watching it. That was like the one thing I was like, Tessa, I was like, I feel like it it was like really playful, witty banter, but like it had that natural cadence to it. You know, it didn't feel forced. He didn't like the idea of the improvisation. A a theater actor has their lines and and (laughs) (laughs) all. Um, And so he was, I think, pretty nervous about that. But we would just do scenes and kind of take it as far as we could um the episode two where we get drunk um he was actually drinking I was not and we were just I mean I would say half of that episode we just improvised and we're just having like so much fun um is that it was the uh, correct me if I'm wrong I, I I watched this really when we first were getting to know you did you throw the was did you throw wine in his face or something was that like did he anticipate that was that a shot no, that was that, that was that was intentional and we had to do that take a couple of times um that was one of the last <laughs> episodes we shot of the nine episodes that are coming out but um yeah <laughs> that wasn't improvised um there's a lot of it's a theme I think almost every episode like we throw food or something at each other <laughs> <It's fun. laughs> it's very very playful um yeah yeah it was, it was fun that's so fun. Yeah. And I think that's such a smart thing to do if you've got the time, especially like with a smaller cast and everything too, is to not just rehearse because some films don't even rehearse, which blows my mind. Like at least rehearse that scene before you shoot it like once, come on. But to not only do that, but to go as far as like, I would almost call it like a chemistry rehearsal. You know, when you guys just like walked around the gallery together, like especially because you're playing a couple like that's so important to make sure you have that chemistry if it's not just natural let's build it let's take the time to you know because you can tell when it's when it feels fake so yeah that's really important you can you can definitely tell if it's fake or or forced luckily James and I got along really well very similar personalities we're both Pisces Mm -hmm. um He's actually a couple years younger than I am. So, mm-hmm. um, but that didn't seem to, to, to make a difference. But I think the, the other reason was um, because there were so many intimacy scenes. Mm-hmm. I had never done, the, the first episode we shot was episode two and there was an intimacy scene. So I've acted for the first time, produced for the first time and had my first intimacy scene all in one evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we didn't like, practice the uh you know we don't weren't weren't practicing kissing or anything like that but there was a lot of conversations um he and I are both a really big fan of um this Irish tv show with Paul Mescal oh my god it's escaping my mind um it's a it's Irish tv show and there's a lot of intimacy scenes in it and there was a lot of conversations about how they conducted that and so other people uh, uh, normal people Normal people, Normal sorry. People. I it's was fun. telling Tess about it. It's oh my god, they cut they captured intimacy where you're like, this is in a different way, and it was so intimate, so intimate. So it was so intimate. like sex ninety percent of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like my gotta show, <laughs> but it's amazing. It's yeah. so well done. He I've heard I, good things. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. He and I both really like that show, so we had a lot of conversations about uh, the intimacy scenes and what we were comfortable with. I was probably more uncomfortable with him because he had done some stuff um, because he's an actor. He had done lots of different acting things. Um, But uh, yeah, so there was, you know, an episode four, there's, there was a sex scene and it was like, it was funny because, you know, it was like choreographing a 
um, a fight almost in a way. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. I'm gonna. Your, <laughs> I love that comparison. I'm gonna take your chop off. We're gonna fall backwards. You're gonna roll over, and you know, and like making sure my my hair doesn't cover, you know, his yeah. face and and that, um, wow. you know, and that we both reviewed the footage after to make sure there was nothing that we felt uncomfortable with. Um, I thought it was like really beautifully shot, and the way um my editor Mike Donis edited it too was just really really great, and, and uh, you know, um, unfortunately it upset people. <laughs> Um, my fans were just like, I can't believe you did that. Like, I'm like, it's not real. Like, that's not, right. you know, that, that's oh, the, the weird wow. thing. Not <laughs> that it's not real. Like, this is pretend he's a paid actor. We were never, like, I think people thought, like, I, James is my boyfriend. I was like, let's go make the show. You know, no, I didn't right. know him at all. I met him through Mandy.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was the only British person who had uh applied to the show and um there's so much about uh you know British Anglo stuff on the show that I didn't I did have guys audition to doing fake British accents and it was it was horrifying. <laughs> it was horrifying because um people don't realize that England has so many different dialects, like really mm-hmm. different dialects. And um and so when a lot of North Americans do a British accent, they kind of amalgamate it into this one really bad accent. <laughs> interpretation. Oh so, uh, it just happened to be that he was the only British person that had applied. And um, it took a while to track him down because he was at some cottage or something up north. And uh, and he happened to be really talented, uh, kind and uh, incredibly good looking, <laughs> which all lends. I, I really felt like he embodied everything that that character was. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's awesome that you found him. Like when you find the right person for a role, it's just so like, you're like, how was this so perfect? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fortuitous. And I just finished casting for season two and I, I took a totally different approach to it. Um, in, ter- in terms of, uh, I cast somebody off of TikTok who's never acted before, but I think has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're in the process of, of, going through rehearsals and uh and going through all of that so it's a bit different um but yeah I'm I'm excited I'm excited to just try you know people who are kind of similar to me in the way that I don't have the acting background but I have the you know tenacity and and interest in doing it so yeah I love that um it's such a fine line too with like you know, I'm just going to use the term influencers, even though I kind of really hate that word, but, um, because, you know, sometimes yes, they're getting cast purely because they have millions of followers and they can't even actually act, you know, sure. That's one case, but then you also have people, you know, like that person on TikTok that isn't maybe an actor, but is actually really good at it. And they're just doing it for fun, but like, here's their chance, you know, and it gives them that opportunity that they wouldn't normally have otherwise. So it's, it's very, it's a fine line, <laughs> you know, cause you have things on both sides, but I do think that that's really awesome that that's something that is happening now. It's giving people that chance. Hey everybody. I'm Chris Fafalius and I'm the producer of Chris makes a podcast and the host of the one hit thunder podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of horror movie night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape podcasting network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. 
or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can contact us at info at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. There's there's so much opportunity. And I like I understand even like I was talking to somebody who's a professional model and they were saying, mm-hmm. oh, we're only getting booked on how many, you know, Instagram, you know, followers or whoever we have. And I said, well, you should focus on that. And that's a part of your job now. And they don't Mm -hmm. want to, because, you know, that's not how it used to be. And it's, Mm -hmm. everything is, is different now. The the world has changed and, you know, people in the thirties, you know, actors had this thing, well, I don't want to talk on film. I've always done, you know, silent films. And there's just always this transition that happens. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, I had been following this person and I just, I, I, I slid into his DMS and I was just like, I think you're really funny and talented. Um, have you ever considered doing this? And, and he was like, no, but, <laughs> but he was totally down for it. And he liked the show. Uh, and so, Aww. so we'll see how it goes. Cause we're, we're currently rehearsing. I'm, I'm writing season two. Cause I'd, I'd like to uh, film it this summer. Um, nice. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a totally different approach. And I know that some of like my Hollywood friends are like, oh, it's so like gauche, but, um, you know, you saying like influencer being a negative word. And I've always strayed away from that as well. I don't, I don't do any direct influencer work in terms of like brand sponsorships or anything right now, mm-hmm. but I realized that there's a, a real misogynistic context to why people hate influencers. It's like, oh, these mm-hmm. women create um, all this content on their own and they're, uh, you know, beautiful in their own way. They're all individual, you know, but beautiful in their own way. And they're making money doing it. How dare they? That's disgusting. There's that, there's <laughs> a misogynistic tone to it that, that men yeah. really hate, uh, influencers because of that. And, and you don't, they don't, you don't get the same issues with, with male influencers, but it's always the woman influencers who get, um, accosted for making their own living. Yeah, that's interesting. I never really thought about it that way, but you were totally right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. yeah, I was gonna say thanks for yeah preaching that because yeah. I, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, myself. and if, yeah. if you, I mean, you're in LA. I'm sure you know uh, a couple of influencers. They work hard. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I have a huge fan of one for sure, and she is constantly editing like day and night, trying to keep up and like mm-hmm. show everyone her world and everything that she's doing. Yeah, and and it's a lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. And you're putting yourself out there for criticism. And I started my Instagram account two years ago um, this month, and it's gone from zero to I'm just I should be getting to like a quarter of a million by by March, which is great. I don't put a ton of work into a ton of work into it, but I think when you're authentic in any creative pursuit that you do, that mm-hmm. people will recognize that and will connect to it. Um, if I was just, you know, posting stuff and saying like feeling cute might take this down later, I don't think I would I would have the same reaction. Like, sure, my demographic is 93% men. 93% mm-hmm. men. Wow. I don't seem to connect to to a a woman dem- demographic. However, I'm, I'm also don't really get har- harassed in the same way. Like guys are, you know, instead of sending me, you know, dick pics, they're sending me like playlists and yeah. uh, movies and stuff like that. So, so you, it's interesting that it's all, the, <laughs> my followers are all these American men who recognize that I'm a big David Lynch fan, or if they see a Tom Waits thing, they know to send it to me. Um, but you know, you, you build, you build an audience and that you do get authentic fans and those fans champion you. And I, I've, mm-hmm. t- I've talked to many, <laughs> a Hollywood actor who has 
you know, made it at some place, had a, a big movie, a big TV show, and they feel completely stalled out in their career. And I said, do you have fans? Like, do you have fan accounts? And they said, yeah, you know, they're annoying, they're embarrassing. And I said, those people are going to champion your career for the rest of your career. So whatever you do, like treat, treat your, your fans well, you don't have to treat, yeah. it doesn't mean treat everyone who doesn't, because there's, trust me, there's lots of weirdos out there. Um, <laughs> somebody called me like a feminazi the other day for posting a Kurt Vonnegut quote. I don't know. I can't, I can't keep up, <laughs> but tr- you treat your fans well. Um, and it might just be, you know, two core people who are constantly posting about your stuff. That's incredibly valuable. Um, mm-hmm. and I yeah. think that people who have seen success take that for granted. Um, and I think that you have to kind of get over yourself that you're just kind of beginning again and again and again with any creative pursuit that you do, no matter what level of success that you've had. It, yeah. everything is temporary. So you just gotta, you gotta keep going and, you know, be happy with what you're doing. For me, I love the process. I'm so excited to work with, you know, uh, the new people on season two. I'm, it was just such an exciting process to be in the moment and, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, you know, scout locations and do stuff. I'm just hoping that I can do a little less so I can focus a little more on acting. Cause I was doing everyone's wardrobe, <laughs> makeup, location scouting, um, COVID waivers, like I was doing everything across the board. Um, yeah. We flew in one director who directed the first half of, um, of the season from um, Fort McMurray, Alberta, which is like north of near Edmonton. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, and so it's just it was a lot of work, but it's definitely worth it. And how long did the whole thing take from start to finish? Um, so I so I started kind of working on the idea in May. And then it was almost like I needed somebody to give me permission to say, like, you can go ahead and write that script just because that director mm-hmm. said that you shouldn't, you should. So I just started writing yeah, it that's hard. on Celtex. Mm-hmm. Um, we love Celtex. Yeah. <laughs> I started writing it on Celtex uh, in June and then uh, cast James at the beginning of July. Started working, we rehearsed about once a week on Zoom. And, uh, and then, uh, in the middle of it, I had surgery in August and then oh, wow. uh, two weeks after surgery uh, at the end of August, we started filming. So we filmed, I think four days in a row Then we filmed about three days in a row in September and then three or four days in October. And then we didn't okay. get to do the, the one episode. There's one episode that's missing. Uh, and we didn't get to do cause the second wave happened and I just, I didn't feel safe, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. bringing people together or being in close proximity with my co-star again, lovely person, but I just didn't feel safe anymore with the mm-hmm. rates of, of COVID going up. So, um, but yeah, that, that was pretty much it. So like nice. about a six to nine month full from the birth to filming almost That's sounds like, like June, July, August, September, October, about closer to four or five months. Mm. And remind me how, um, and yeah, which by the way, that's like, amazing (laughs) I'm just like reiterating that because that's amazing for a series to like you know from development you just Mm -hmm. went up and went ran with it like the entire time and um you know some people who are actually like writers producers would spend even maybe a year trying to concept and everyone has their own approach take the time you need like you know but um, I think me and (laughs) Tessa's new favorite thing is like being precious but not too precious about mm-hmm. things you just 
at the end of the day, you're going to learn and be inspired when you're even in the middle of the shoe. And, you know, maybe you want a little improv there and it's just going to all continue to flow as long as you have like, you know, the groundwork done, I think. And, you know, rooted, you guys were already rooted in your character. So it makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. that's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would love for you to just tell our listeners a little bit about what the show's about, because, you know, we've been saying like, oh, it's great. We love your acting and everything, but they don't know what it's really even about. So <laughs> if you can just give them a little kind of synopsis. On a list is about a woman who creates a list to kind of fast track through dating by creating um, situations that would make people very vulnerable um, and kind of cut to the chase, whether they could uh, get through things together so that ranges from anything from intentionally getting food poisoning together and going through that to um to like you know dancing together to um what were some of the other ones I'm just totally blanking out right now um you know um getting drunk and and, and interviewing each other um so all Mm -hmm. these things that could you know potentially be create red flags in a relationship um she kind of fast tracks and she meets this guy from England who's kind of down to to try it and in the process they they start to fall in love fun I feel like maybe I should start dating like that (laughs) yeah yeah I mean there's um it was loosely inspired by um a card game called uh, we're not really strangers Mm, okay um highly recommend that uh do that on a second date I love games yeah yeah it's it's like an interview game it's kind of like you know it goes through different levels of perception um and so, you know, you kind of just want to like fast track by the time um, you're in your, uh, like for me, by the time I'm in my mid thirties, I've, I've gone through relationships. I've, I've been married and divorced once. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't have the time to mess around. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, I was, I was talking to somebody, I was talking to a guy and, you know, it was going, okay. It was going, and I said, well, tell me something about yourself. And he was like, you know, I'm not an open book. I take time to, to open up. It's just like, okay, I'm asking you something about yourself. I'm not asking to tell me like your darkest, you know, fear. Right. But uh, another friend of mine had joked that he said in his 40s when he started dating again, it was kind of like you go for dates and it's like, all right, so what's your credit score? I need three references from your ex girlfriends. I need to know what your relationship is like with your mother. Um, do you own any property? How many properties do you own? What, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you have to that extreme. Um, and so I think the important things that people, you know, miss out are, are, is the ability for somebody to be vulnerable with you and, Mm -hmm. um, be emotionally available. And I think that's what Olivia is looking for with Harry on, on a list. Um, and it's interesting to see how they both open up or shut down as the series goes along. And certainly, you know, British people are known for repressing their feelings. So there's kind of this added element of, somebody very much begrudgingly going along with this uh, in James's character as Harry. Fun. I like it. I'm excited for season two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm working, I'm working out. I'm still in post-production for season one. We're mm-hmm. um, editing the episodes as they're being released. So um, every two weeks we've been releasing an episode. So I think the series should wrap the end of March, which is, basically where it started last year so good on nice. you on this 
That's perfect. Um, well, before we wrap up, I do want to talk about your music career as well, um, because, you know, this is a film centric podcast, but you're a professional musician and I want to hear about it. Um, we were listening to you before you came on today. Um, very kind of Lana Del Rey vibes, I guess, in, in the sound. Um, so, yeah, just tell us a little bit about like you said you've been doing it since you were 12 and just kind of your journey with it. Yeah, I mean, I I totally did not mention that all of the music on on a list is mine. <laughs> so, nice. um, so not only is it like, did I write it, it also has my music and it feels when I was doing the credits, I was trying to figure out a way on the show to not sound like Tommy Wiseau from the room. <laughs> um, that was definitely a, a concern. Um, but I got to use a, like, I got to go through like 10 years of music and just kind of pick and, and kind of re-release things and re-bring them, bring them up. Um, I do have an album that's coming out soon that's been uh, delayed uh, for some by some production details. It's called Oceana, um, and I uh, it's very much uh, a whimsical type of al- album. You know, I, I work with a lot of like orchestral arrangements. It's always been really important to me, and I um, yeah, just uh, it's it's a it's about you know being in a relationship uh situation situationship between three different um uh, three different countries three different coasts so there's a lot of like tri-coastal vibes Mm. to it and just kind of you know um I guess finding finding a way through that I love that I'm excited to listen to it and um since we've been talking a lot about platforms are you kind of just going the traditional route of releasing it are you doing a lot more like you know Bandcamp Spotify all those different platforms what's your plan the way that you release music now is you use you know DistroKid or TuneCore and they distribute it to dozens and dozens of platforms for um just a a single fee once a year uh which is it's not a lot of money so distribution is totally uh, different than, than what it is. I'm not touring or playing shows. I'm just, I've never been a touring artist. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, my main motivation is just to have music to go into, into the film projects right now. So, which is awesome. Love that. Yeah. yeah you get to combine both passions, you know, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. And so that it kind of, um, melts together. It also saves me a ton of money from, um, you know, I would love to work with a, a proper composer one day and, and maybe co-compose music specifically for film um but it's been great that people have been discovering my music through the show um i think most people forget that the music is mine on the show but <laughs> it's fine i'm not going to point it out every time but uh but yeah, <laughs> it's um my my musical in, uh, influences have always been very much cinematic so um i think it's very complimentary and i also just don't know anyone who's doing what i do and how i do it but um like I said, we just live in a new age and there's just so many opportunities to find an audience in different ways. You just, you don't have to go and be conventional anymore. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I love that. And it's great for our listeners to get inspired with that message. You know, it's, you can really make it your own way. And I love, thank you for sharing your, your way and being so open and like letting us know the little, um, 
you know, even the little roadblocks that you had to go through with people telling, you know, this does, this doesn't work. This isn't the right way. Or Mm -hmm. the, your fans kind of like having to go on this journey and learn what you're doing too. And it's still, it sounds like it's still a work in progress for them to understand like you're this creator as well now. And that's a beautiful journey. I hope it continues to grow for you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to show the behind the scenes through social media just also helps you build, build that audience. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, um, I think my advice to anyone out there who's thinking about doing that creative project that they've been thinking about doing it, do it and know that it might turn out completely different than what you thought it would. But it's it's a starting point in that no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, um, where you're from, there is an audience out there for you now where there wasn't 10 years ago or mm-hmm. even five years ago. You know, don't be afraid of the new platforms. Don't be afraid of new technology. Um, and just kind of find your authentic self and and put it out there because people want to, people want to know you. Yeah. So I really true. love that. Um, and I love it. You've said it now, like I, I keep wanting to bring it up. So I am, um, you keep saying, um, being authentic. And I think that is a word that, you know, we can easily glaze over like, yeah, yeah. Authentic. But I think that's why like I myself has have struggled with um, starting a TikTok account because at the moment, the idea of me like doing what other people have been doing mm-hmm. isn't authentic to me. Like it would just feel like forced if that makes sense. Yep. But then I know like myself, I'm like, but you're a creator, like you can find your own authentic way of doing it. And that's the whole point like is to to use that technology and make it authentic to you yeah and then that's when you'll get you know noticed if that's you know the platform you want to keep growing yeah you you people will connect with you and it might be only a couple people at first but I think if you're being authentic and you know in order to be authentic I, I always go back to the the writer's way by Julia Cameron where she talked about how a lot of people's interests before the age of eight are their core authentic interests for the rest of their life. And mine is animals, music, and movies. And I run a dog charity. I make music and I, I make film. So that's not a surprise to me. So, you know, I've heard <laughs> people that if they're, they're struggling to find their authentic self, to kind of look back to their childhood, kind of look back to what really, you know, um, sparks a lot of happiness in them and just stick to that. And remember that that makes you happy. Um, and, uh, you know, just manage your expectations that this stuff builds over time. Nobody starts on social media as a nobody and goes zero to, you know, um, you know, whatever hundred thousand followers. But I think it's all a discovery process. So if you make that time every day and you say, okay, at two o'clock every day, I'm going to make a TikTok no matter what. Mm -hmm. You do that for six months, you commit six months to a year. I think you'd be very surprised at where you end up. Nicole inspiring me. (laughs) I love (laughs) that. Go out, go out and do it. It's just, and there's just so many people who are like, who are going to be negative and I'm sorry, but Mm -hmm. actors are some of the worst people for that because they're so used to being criticized that they just project Mm -hmm. that onto people who make them feel like, um, when you shine a bright light, it causes people to see their shadows. Just remember that. When anytime mm-hmm. you get some negativity yeah. because you're doing something well, it's because you're you're showing people what they're capable of and what they're choosing not to do. Not to get too deep, that. but that's that's really important. No, I love the deep. Yeah. Spill that tea. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're about here, girl. That is so true. And I think again, it's just like anyone who's struggling with that, like, like 
I hope he finds that as a positive approach, like, you know, and, and you got to just like, why am I struggling with this one thing? Like be real with yourself. And if you're just scared to do it, which it is, it's scary to put yourself out there on a platform sometime and be like, am I just an idiot? You like, you can't, you can't think that way with anything, you know, with your writing, with whatever. I mean, you're only going to get better as you continue to do it. Yeah. So So just put yourself out there and just remember that, you know, 10 years ago, you couldn't do what we can do today. There's so much opportunity. Um, and so the sooner you get in on it, the sooner you're going to see some really remarkable things happen in your life. So awesome. Well, I want our listeners to be able to find you, but I have one more question before we get into that stuff. Um, for you as a musician who writes kind of, you know, very cinematic music, if somebody wanted to use one of your songs in their short film, for instance, how would they go about doing that? Because, you know, music licensing is like a whole thing we've done like an episode and a half on it at this point, but you know, you being like, obviously you're still a professional musician, but you're like a more accessible, I guess I would say musician than, you know, like Fleetwood Mac or something like that. So how would someone go about that process? Um, I would just email me. I'm, I'm accessible. My emails on my Instagram, Instagram message me. Um, and just, you know, and, and that goes for any music that you're interested in, um, you know, go through bandcamp.com. There's lots of amazing artists out there. Try to offer, awesome. you know, no, try to offer something, you know, like, you know, uh, sometimes people offer like $20 or you offer to credit you, um, you know, in, in the film or something like that. But just be polite and just kind of, you know, be genuine because I get people contacting me all the time for different stuff. And sometimes it's really like flaky, but sometimes it's really authentic and sincere. Um, and just be like, Hey, I'm like really passionate about this, you know, short film that I'm making. I would love to include, um, you know, a, a, you know, women in music in the, in the film, I don't have a budget. Would you be interested in collaborating on it? And more often than not, you'll probably hear yes from people. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, you know, always shoot your shot. You can always slide into somebody's DMS. You can always reach out to them through their website. And so if anyone was interested in using my music, that's how they would, uh, get a hold of me, but just, you know, but explain what your film is about and explain, mm-hmm. I'm also very, just, you know, like, sure, you could use my film and it turns out it's like a QAnon film. <laughs> right. <laughs> QAnon film. Um, so that's where I'm always cautious, but yeah, just, uh, just shoot your shot. It does get complicated with things like YouTube and licensing um, as well, but yeah, just, just ask. And it's the same for, you know, other actors and, and other creators. You'd be surprised at how many people would be interested Um if you just ask. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, so if our listeners want to follow you both as a musician and as a creator, and they want to watch the series and they want to hear your music and all of that, where can they find you? I'm on uh, Instagram at late.july. Uh, I'm on TikTok late July and Twitter, Nicole Simone. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on today. This was super inspiring and I'm really excited to hear your new EP coming out and see more of the series as it comes out. So yeah, listeners, keep an eye open for her. She's very talented. Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at FemRegard.com.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.